Bro, are you fucking ready for this year or what? Holy mother of God. There is so much good shit happening this year, it's gonna be nuts. Can you not startle me while I'm eating, please? I I'm talking motherfucking Zelda. Holy shit, I'm prepared to lose everything to this game. I was there fucking creaming my jeans watching that whole fucking 10 minute gameplay today. Hey! What? We gotta keep the first minute of the... <laughs> I gotta keep the first minute of the podcast clean. Otherwise, we can't monetize this shit. We're not monetizing anyway. Fuck that shit. I don't give a goddamn. I'm hot. Alright, fair enough. God, goddamn. So you, creamed your, you creamed your pants. Fucking going to the studio in like a month. I'm gonna listen, live in my old house for like a year pretty soon. Fucking... Good ass movie. Got Spider Verse coming out. John Wick Four was a badass as hell. Got fucking Tommy Wiseau's new movies finally coming out. My God. I was gonna try to follow up with with something uh, funny and cute, but no, nah, man. There's gonna be a lot of good stuff. We got uh, a new Ninja Turtles movie coming out. Um, we got. A bunch of musicians going on tour, potentially releasing new music, new Metallica album in uh, April. Um, we dude, got. I, uh, I don't even want to hear another Metallica song until that fucking album comes out, dude. Well, because they keep releasing songs, right? No, I have listened and watched them so godforsaken much for the last two weeks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Well, tell tell the people what. You Tell the people what you had going on. Because, yeah, I've been talking and covering a little bit of every goddamn album. Um, and I've just been filming like crazy because I just want to get it done with. Yeah. And not only did I listen to like all of the last couple albums, I rewatched Some Kind of Monster, which is like two and a half hours. I watched yeah. The Making of Death Magnetic, which is like an hour and a half. And then I watched Making of Hardwired, which is like two and a half hours. They had a making of Hardwired? Yeah. What the fuck? It's like two and a half hours. I saw it for the first time, actually. So. Oh. Um, and was it as enlightening as you thought it was going to be? I mean, it's neat seeing, like, how shit comes together, you know? But, like, uh, yeah, I just want to see if there's anything I could talk about in the video. And I probably did. But, I don't know. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Well, because you're, on your channel, you're talking... You're going through each and every Metallica album uh, song by song, right? Indeed I am. Like a fucking... <laughs> you're, go you're going bananas! You've gone bananas, buddy. I am going bananas. I am pumping yeah. up content like crazy, like no other. Why? What is going... <laughs> I was hoping we wouldn't start off on too chaotic of a note, but between this massive group text that we're both in... Siri interrupting our conversation and both of us screaming. I think this is possibly the most chaotic entrance of a Cars Pod episode yet. Maybe, maybe second only to the one where I had schmutz on my shirt and I kept yelling about it. Um, but <laughs> this is the this is the too bad we didn't get into Cars Podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host Nick Scarpin Auto. 
I'm David Kabushikars, and we got the Zagster down there, but I don't feel like picking him up. But he's there. Oh, right, right. There. David's new dog, Ziggy. Um, this is episode 29, and uh, we're going to be going down David's list of favorite movies, games, and albums. So if you're a David fan, for all my David fans out there, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to fucking love this shit. Uh, today's car, we got a 2018, I believe. It's a 2018 uh, Polaris Slingshot. I don't know if Slingshot in uh, if Slingshot is supposed to be cool, uh, but it's got three it's got three wheels, and that's and that's it. So that's pretty cool, I guess. It's also blue. Um, blue album and. Today. And we're talking about a blue album today, not the blue album. Is that a Zaya shirt you're wearing? No, it's just I have a blue hoodie. You do have a blue hoodie. Um, it's is that one? I would I would go so far as to say that's probably one of your favorite hoodies. I love this one. I've, yeah. I've wore this like crazy for the last uh, almost eight years now. Yeah, I mean you cosplayed as uh, Vault Boy the uh, the time we went to C two E two in uh, 2022, and someone. Someone called your outfit. Someone called your cosplay uh, g- cool. I think they liked it. Yeah. 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 And there's another guy dressed kind of like me too. So that was neat. right. Yeah, dude. Cosplaying is kind of cool. I wish. So you me- you mentioned Breath of the Wild too. Uh, I've been playing Breath of the Wild like nonstop the past two days. I'm on what I would call a little bit of a spring break. Uh, my teaching job let us take off yesterday. I teach one day a week, uh, and we had this whole week off for spring break because a lot of other, uh, a lot of other schools at this point in time are taking spring break off for whatever. I always thought it happened around Easter, but I guess <laughs> schools are just saying fu- whatever. We're just gonna put it in between March and April somewhere. Um, cause some of my students were like, I have this weekend off or I have next weekend off. So I said, ah, well, at least you're not doing lessons Monday after school. Um, but, uh, so as part of my, my spring break, I told myself, you know what? I'm not watching any show right now. And I've been telling David for months, nay years that I've, uh, been planning to finish this game. So I finally, I finally, Got back into it after not picking up since July of this past year, and uh, and I beat I beat the second Divine Beast. I, I beat uh, R- Ravanya. Radanya. Radanya. So the Rook's protection is now ready to roll. Yeah. Do, oh, is that what it is? Yeah, because I I kept hearing Mifa's grace activate because uh, I kept dying. <laughs> I, I kept fucking dying. Um, and also the 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 Radanya the boss, the fire blight of Ganon. I didn't realize that when he was sucking stuff in, um, you can just throw a bomb at it. Yeah. Do you know how long it took me to realize that? I think it's too long too. I died. I died maybe three times. And I, it was one of those boss fights where you end up memorizing the dialogue of other characters. So I, I kept, I kept memorizing Daruk's, uh, Watch out for that sword. Um, and so I, I had my little sister over yesterday, and I kept repeating it for her. Uh, she was too busy in uh, Animal Crossing to really give a shit about what I was doing. So I would hear 
<laughs> next to me, because she was playing her Switch next to me, I would hear all of the... Yeah. Like the villager talk. And she was on the beach, and she was talking about, like, this... It's these fish that she caught. And I'm over here fighting for my goddamn life, running around like crazy, trying not to get exploded by this monster throwing a literal sun at me. Um, it was a very interesting parallel. So I, uh, I had a good time. But I, for the better part of yesterday, uh, avoided finishing the Daruk mission and fighting Radanya. I, uh, I explored a lot. Um, and now I'm now I'm heading into um, the uh, Gerudo, the Gerudo Valley. You're going to Gerudo's first. Well, yeah. Well, because I found I found the cliffs, and I'm I'm in the canyon. I'm in the Gerudo Canyon, um, and there's some guy. I caught a horse, uh, and I named it. Um, well, here. <laughs> so here's here's the here's the story. The timeline of events. So I I tried to capture uh, I captured four, three horses. The first one was a two, not two star, but like, you know, the little the 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 markings that tell you how many like boosts you have. Yeah. Um, I caught a two a two a two boost horse. I named it Oreo, and I took it back to the stable because uh, Ford F one fifty is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, dead. The first horse that I captured, and then I found another. You know, you can uh, just go to the state, any stable, and just like get it back, right? Wait, really? Yeah. You just what do you? Yes. Uh, take a horse, and you can just like F one fifty, and he'll just like pop up. Like you don't have to like manually go find him. Oh my god, that is such a relief <laughs> because uh, I caught another horse, uh, Ford F two fifty, and. Uh, it was killed by, um, it was killed by a, uh, what are they called? Guardian? Yeah. Yeah. Shot with a goddamn laser. Uh, cause I was trying to get to a tower and there were like four guardians at the base of the tower in Hyrule Fields. Dude, out of and, uh, all the time I put, put into that game, I've never hit a horse die on me. Yeah, well, lucky you. Isn't it nice to be someone who... Then again, I didn't use Pe- them a whole lot. PETA must love you, David. Yeah. For not killing a horse in Breath of the Wild. And it wasn't my choice, but I ended up finding another horse after Ford F-250 to take revenge on the Guardians. And I found out that you can just not, you can just knock their legs off if you get close enough. Uh-huh. So I don't need the Guardian arrows. Although I do have one, I have one still. So I took my revenge on like two out of the four guardians without realizing there were two other ones. I caught another horse and uh, and I named her Debbie. So uh, I'm riding Debbie right now through the Gerudo Canyons. And uh, and I got to an in- I reached an impasse where there's just a bunch of boulders in my way that I have to climb over. Um, so I left Debbie and then I went to a temple to try to see if she would follow me. And of course she didn't, but she was still on my map. And I tried whistling for her and I thought she would just come out of nowhere. And nah, she didn't. (laughs) So now that was where I turned the game off because I was like, okay, well I'm not going to, I'm not just going to leave my horse uh, to fend for herself. (laughs) Um, And uh, that's where I left off, but I've been playing a lot of breath of the wild. And uh, so I'm sure sooner than later, we're going to be able to talk about it on the podcast well 
Maybe a, maybe no. it'll be a while. No, whenever you finish it, we're talking about it. I don't give a fuck. It's gonna be out of order. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm hoping to finish it soon. I also found I made it through the Lost Woods. Uh, I made it to the Korok Forest, and I found the Master Sword. Um, and uh, you tried to pull it out, the, and you, you got killed. No, I waited until the last quarter of my last heart, and the Deku Tree was like, "You stupid fucking idiot!" Oh, he stops you. I told you. I don't. I don't think he stops you, but he definitely brings you to back to life. Like oh. if you if you die, because um, he restored all of my hearts that I lost oh, trying nice. to pull it out. Yeah, you yeah. Need, you need I thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Okay, because I think I think I just got to seven, so I'm I'm almost there. <laughs> And I'm hoping that I can get it sooner than later because that is a sick ass sword. And I, I've been training my ass so that I can use that ass sword efficiently. Yeah. But anyway, that's talk for <laughs> later. We gotta we gotta get talking. That's talk for Yeah. Really quickly, um, because I know this is the last thing that I wanna that I want it's not about Breath of the Wild, but I figured I would bring it up because it was something that happened to me last week or in the last couple of days. So uh, I know usually when we go get coffee, uh, or when I offer to get coffee, you already know what it is. We go to we are, we go to Starbucks. I get you a you already know what it is, yeah. uh, which is a dragon fruit mango refresher with lemonade. Uh, and um, every once in a while, I'll go out of my way to grab myself Dunkin' so that I I make the two trips. But usually, I don't have enough time uh, to do both. Otherwise, I'd be late to hang out. But, uh, so yesterday I went to Dunkin and I noticed this the last time I went through the drive-thru too, but I, I order ahead. So I use the, the mobile app and I use the, you know, the dumb rewards and I get free stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it's great. And I ordered this, I ordered breakfast for myself yesterday and, um, I pulled up to the drive-thru window and I look at the screen and it says, welcome, Nick. And the person over the, the the microphone is like, hey, Nick, your order's ready. I didn't have to say shit. And I was, I was, so, I was so taken aback, I, but I was pleasantly surprised. I think in my car, out loud, I was like, what the fuck? This is, <laughs> this is so cool. And, uh, yeah, I just pulled up to the window and got my shit. But Duncan, Duncan's been earning points recently. Sorry, Starbucks. But Duncan knows when I pull up into the drive-thru because it, I, I have the app open when I make my when I place my order. And I think Sonic kind of does this a little bit too, where like if you pull up to the restaurant where you ordered and you press, you know, or you you put down the name of the the number stall that you're in, then the screen will be like, "Hey, welcome back." Mm-hmm. But Duncan's doing this without me having to do fucking anything, so. One point for Duncan, and uh, I don't know how many points for Starbucks. I, I kept, I keep losing track. But anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about—the technological marvel of coffee places these days. It astounds me. Yeah. Um, that's probably why Treadwell went out of business, because Duncan kept taking their competition and <laughs> enticing them with sweet, sweet rewards. Did I tell you that Treadwell closed? The place you played at. Yeah, the place where I was working and booking music and playing every Sunday. It got uh, shut I guess down. I, I guess I didn't tell you. Yeah, it. Uh, like it's a week after they like let you go. 
No, that was the day that they let last Wednesday was the day that they shut their doors. And the day before I hosted my last open mic, but we didn't find out until we at, like the employees didn't found out the same day that we made the post. Wow. Yeah. So no more, no more Treadwell, which means I don't have to wake up on Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings and uh, go there anymore. But Goodness yeah, gracious. man, it sucks. It sucks, yeah. Well, because there's a lot of good people that that are that are put out now, um, because it happened so last minute. So, um, you know, anyone watching this or listening to this, it's just a it's a local coffee shop. Who knows if we'll come back? But I know there's a lot of overhead fees and stuff that um, the owner is was having trouble with. So, um, expect me to never talk about coffee ever again, unless. Duncan somehow pulls another trick out of its ass, or Starbucks miraculously uh, pulls out uh, a miracle from their ass. I don't know why I'm so hung up on asses today. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta cut me off. I gotta stop talking. What's uh, remember when this is supposed to be a me episode? <laughs> this, all right, Twenty all right. That's later. <laughs> that is that is that is 100 fair. Well, you you go ahead and take you take the reins, buddy. I, I want you to. You're the conductor. I, anyway, I want you to take your yeah. baton and We're shove it up my ass. We're talking foreign movies. Uh, and now it's time to talk about my favorite foreign movie. And not that I've even seen that many. I've seen a handful. But there's one that's just like beyond the rest. Take a guess what it is, Nick. Am I allowed to talk? Yes. Again? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Why am I being a dick about this? I don't know. <laughs> you ask. You ask me. Feel free to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, no problem. If I remember, I got, I got cut in the middle of chewing, like an idiot. Um, your favorite foreign movie? Yeah, take you guys. Pretty sure you mentioned it last time. Is it Dragon Ball Super, Broly? No. Is it Howl's Moving Castle? Is it animated? No. Is it... Is an anime like another topic we're doing? I don't know. Yeah, I think anime... At least animation is. Um, so I mentioned it last time. What the fuck? All right, I get one more guess. It's... The... Oh, my God. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie from the 90s. It's Parasite. Yay. Parasite. Yay. Which I just saw for the first time a couple of months ago, I think. But um, So I can actually talk about it during during this episode. Usually um, we try to make it a point to like consume the other person's media, whatever is on their list. With video games, it's a little harder. But with movies and, and albums... Um, I'm glad that without having to do any extra extra work <laughs> today, like last minute stuff, um, I can I can talk about Parasite. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it won a shitload of Oscars. Yeah. In nineteen, I think it came out, and pretty deservingly so. Movie beats a lot of ass. Uh, and I think. I saw it after it won already because I'm pretty sure they put it back in theaters or something. So I went to see it with Vince. 
And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that was really fucking good. I mean, the third act is kind of, it gets kind of goofy, but like, there is so much suspense and like dark comedy in that movie. It's pretty good. Obviously, you have, uh, there's like the poor family and the rich family, and the poor family slowly invades the rich family by framing the uh, rich family's workers. And they get them fired, and then they're like, oh, I, I used to work with this person, or whatever. And it's just like one of the family members. So they slowly creep in into the house. Uh, and the uh, old caretaker uh, finds out about it, and they start threatening each other. And then things happen, one of them dies... And then another one gets killed, or you think he gets killed, and then the other guy escapes. He uh, kills the daughter, and then the dad kills the other dad, and he runs away, and then he ends up in the basement at the end of the movie. So Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen this movie, fuck you. I don't, I don't care. You deserve to get spoiled. <laughs> you should have seen it by now. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's Dude, just... People are... <laughs> People are going to listen to this episode and they're going to be like, oh man, they're, they're talking about Parasite. I've been meaning to see that for, for a while. <laughs> no, they're going to hear is, fuck you if you haven't seen it. Fucking idiots. What is this? The too bad we don't talk about spoilers <laughs> podcast? Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, Like the scene that always stands out is when they're having a party and, like, the caretaker first shows up, and then they gotta, like, hide, and then the other, the rich family comes back, and they're hiding under the table, and they start banging and talking about how the guy smells, and, I don't know, just the whole under the table thing, and the, them sneaking out, always really stood out, and there's a fucking really nice transition uh, during the same scene when they go back home and everything's flooded, and, like, half the screen is, like, the water... And it fades into, like, the next scene. Oh, good as hell. Good as hell. Yeah, I've noticed that you're you're a fan of good scene transitions in movies. They are very nice. But There is something innately. I, I think innate. Midsummer is always going to be the king of that. I'll be mm. damned if I see a better transition than the fucking plain one. That was crazy. That goes hard. You, uh, I think you would really like... Do you know Zach King? No. So he's, for all intents and purposes, he's a magician. And he does a lot of video editing magic where it's... So to say there's a video of someone pulling up into a driveway, right? And there was one recently where it was a guy pulling up to a driveway and he was stitching the video on the other side of the screen and he was watching it and he was like, oh, that's cool. And then the guy gets out of the car on the left side and Zach takes his hand and he moves it physically to the other video, picks up the car and then brings it back into his own video. And it's like a little toy car. Um, that's, that's kind of what like good film transitions remind me of is just like, it's magic. It's like sleight of hand. It's like, if you, you know, if you're not paying attention close enough, you can't tell that the scenes changed. Um, it's very cool. It's a very cool it's a very cool technical aspect of filmmaking that also incorporates it's it's very creative. Like scene transitions can be very very creative and I think that's 
where the art of film editing becomes art, you know, because you could argue that like simply cutting stuff together so that like what, you know, what we do for the podcast, like when I make the clips or uh, if you were to say cut out an embarrassing line that I said earlier that I'm not going to mention again, because um, (laughs) you don't need to hear that. Uh, You know, when you do that sort of editing, it can be easy to, it can be easy to not see the art in that, even though it technically absolutely is considered art. It's an art form. But then when you see a good film transition, it's like, whoa, like that, it adds to the movie. You know, it, it doesn't just serve the movie on a technical level, but it adds to the the overall enjoyment of it, you know? Yeah. So I can't blame you for loving scene transitions. But yeah, that was that was a pretty damn good synopsis, if I'd say so myself. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Yeah, it's pretty much the whole movie. Um, so obviously there's a lot of social commentary, right, about how we like lower class and upper class people can both be seen by the other party as parasites in one way, you know, like not to say that either party is right or wrong, but just, you know, from an upper class standpoint, you look at, you know, folks who aren't as well off as you. And like, you see it all the time in the news and and things like that, where you see rich people who are out of touch, they criticize the lower class and they're like, they're just fucking, <laughs> they're, they're just fucking milking off my teeth. How fucking dare you? You wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for me. And it's like Mark Zuckerberg is saying it and he's, you know, b- grilling in his backyard with his alien friends. Um, and then from like the other point of view, you know, you look at from like a lower class standpoint, you look at rich people and like the upper class and you think, God damn, dude, they're just milking the system. They're just, they found a loophole in the, in the system, in the economic machine. And, uh, they're taking advantage of it, you know? So it's like both scenarios, again, aren't like necessarily right or wrong, but it's all about a a perspective. And this movie does a really, really good job at showcasing two very different, but weirdly similar perspectives. And, uh, in that same way, you know, like you said, the father, the main father of the lower class family ends up in the basement, just like the caretakers who were benefiting from the rich family because they gave them jobs, you know, and let them live in their basement because they snuck in there and the rich family didn't know any better. You know, it's yeah, it feels very much like a movie that would have been written in uh like the 50s like the f- 40s or 50s like filmmaking was like a lot more simple and i feel like because you know you had to be a lot more crafty with special effects it was it made more sense to film practically and it didn't cost very much money to build like small sets or miniatures or whatever so i think of a movie like arsenic and old lace which is uh it's a very chaotic movie that gets more and more chaotic as it continues it's sort of like a snowball effect and that's what parasite reminds me of it's very much like a like a it starts small and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and like the consequences get so like you said it was like it, it um the third act is quite bananas and a little goofy yeah. um and it's definitely going into the movie i didn't know what to expect like, I knew that it won all these awards, but I didn't know why. Um, no one had ever told me what the movie's about. I honestly thought it was going to be 
like a drama. I thought it was going to be like someone had a disease or whatever, but no, it's, it's like a, it's a dark comedy. Um, and like, it's a dark comedy with a lot of poignant commentary. Um, but it's also really entertaining to watch, you know, it's like the framing of some shots are, are really interesting on a technical level. It's, it's a you episode. Why am I talking so much? I'm sorry, buddy. So yeah, not that I've seen, like I said, many foreign films, like off the top of my head, like I know I've seen uh wreck, like record. There's like a Spanish found footage movie. Oh um, yeah. I think, I think it's called eyes without a face or something like that. I think it's French. Mm. Yeah, I've seen a few, but like, yeah, Parasite is just really well done and like just so far beyond. Yeah, what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I mean, because for something that that feels like a like a practical, like obviously, you know, there are there are a lot of there are effects in the movie as far as some of the murder scenes go. Um, but no, I mean, it, it feels very. Uh, like humble like it feels like a very humble production you know it's like all they really needed was like an apartment a big old mansion <laughs> all they really needed yeah. and um, you know a set for the basement but it's like I don't know I there's definitely there's definitely more to it than that but when you look at this movie it's edited so well and like everyone does such a good job at convincing you that this is a real thing that could have happened in like a real story. It feels very grounded in realism. Um, while you're watching it, I think, I think the best sort of minimalistic productions feel that way. It's kind of like, um, whenever you talk about someone who works behind the scenes, there's a saying that's like, if you do your job correctly, no one's ever going to know that you're doing your job or something like that. It's like, if you can't tell that, a lot went into the production of a movie, um, but it's still a great movie. That's because the production team was working their ass off to make it feel a certain way, and they achieved they achieved that uh, in in spades. I don't know if I'm using that phrase right, but the ace is yeah. yeah, yeah, really good movie. Um, See it, even though I hope I seriously hope you already did. I also seriously hope you really did. Um, do you have any... Uh, so you said your favorite scene was the, the one under the table? Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole what did you think... Oh, continue. No, yeah, just the whole scene where they're like hiding from both... Well, first the care, old caretaker and then the family comes home and they still have to hide. And yeah, it's really yeah. well done. Um. So with foreign films, it was kind of a... I, I'm glad that you added so because when we came up with this this idea to watch and rank our, our favorite movies in a in any given genre of movies, um, I think that was your initial like you you came up with all of the categories and stuff and all the genres. Um, so with foreign film, I think it's so interesting because it's not a it's not a type of of movie that. I generally think to jump to, you know, like when I'm thinking about sitting down to watch a movie, my first thought isn't like, what language are we going to see the movie in? You know, cause I, you know, that's, that's what makes it a foreign movie is it's not in the language that you're used to. So did you feel like watching parasite, there were any, 
did did you notice any sort of differences between Parasite and like an American made movie or American made movies that you also really like? And was it the similarity or the difference between Parasite's production and like a Hollywood production that really stuck with you, or did you notice it at all? Not really. It didn't really uh, feel any different. I think that's why it's like so good. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the one of the major things, one of the other major things that makes a movie a foreign film is the fact that it's spoken in a completely different language. In this case, it's Korean. Um, so one common thing that I always encounter in anime specifically is sometimes I'll wonder if a performance is dictated by the language itself. Like sometimes I hear a scene in an anime and the voice actor is saying in a certain way, but I'm just processing the lot, like the translation. So even if the delivery isn't funny necessarily, it's the lines that are chosen and translated that are funny to me. And I'll go online and I'll read dub versus sub arguments or whatever. And some people who understand both languages will say like, it doesn't make sense when audiences prefer one to another in, in specific, in specific instances, because the actors on both sides are saying it the exact same way. But in the language that you understand less, it doesn't come across like that because it's not your first language. So you can't pick up on those linguistic, uh, linguistic like quirks, you know? So did you feel like there were any parts of like, did, did you ever think about that? Like whether, um, you know, the native language of all of the actors changed the performance somehow, or were you just like reading the, the subtitles and processing it that way. Yeah. Pretty much just have to read the whole time, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I find, I find it interesting cause like what they say or like how many syllables they say doesn't match up at all with like how much we'd say. There, there's a line where they're like trying to get a password and like, Oh, did you try a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? That was subtitled, but they only had, they only said like five syllables. So I was like, yeah. huh, I wonder how they uh, say what, did they just say, say like one through nine, like in their language? I don't fucking know. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, what I found, I, I know very little of two languages. I know very little Spanish and I know very little Japanese. And sometimes in a, in a show that speaks, you know, that uses either of those languages, I'll hear a word that I recognize and it'll be said a couple of times throughout the show or movie that I'm watching. But in English, it's translated into two different words or three different words or whatever. Like in Japanese, you know, you could say the word um, like uh, the only word coming into my mind is <laughs> baka. And I don't want to because it's a meme. But like in English, we have like we have dummy, idiot, uh, dumbass moron um imbecile you know but in japanese it's like you only really have one direct translation of that so it's up to the i i wonder if it's like an inflection or a tonal thing that separates different uses of that same word in the other language and, and blah 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 
um, that's that's I mean, like you said, it, it's it's what makes watching foreign films so interesting is just seeing and hearing the linguistic differences and how it affects the translation and how we process it as you know English speakers. Um, yeah, no, I thought I thought all the performances were great, and like that's I think that's the mark of a great performance is even if the actor is speaking a different language, you can you can tell what they're feeling based on their acting and and there's a lot of different acting that you can that you can utilize other than just your voice so um thanks for thanks for throwing international films foreign films into the into the genre mix because otherwise i probably would not have paid attention to a man a man named or a man called ove Mm -hmm. um because the second that i realized it was in swedish i was like oh shit i could if this is good I i could use this for the podcast um so uh good stuff yeah like you said go watch parasite um again because i'm assuming you're only here because you've already seen it uh unfortunately there are no timestamps in spotify or apple music or wherever you're listening to this on and uh and so if you haven't seen parasite (laughs) sorry oopsie daisy oopsie daisy yeah anyway uh, yeah so from a movie that a shitload of people have seen to an album that's no one's fucking heard. And I think that's a crime. A straight crime. Holy God. Alright. Yeah, what's the... So what's the... We, there's a local band right here in Sweet Home Chicago mm-hmm. called Zayus. Okay, named mm. after the character from Planet of the Apes, Dr. Zayus. Yeah. And these guys, there's four of them. And they're not very well-known at all. They're very super, like, underground. Yeah. But, my God, did they put out a monster album. Mm. They, what is the, uh, they do the have album? Two, they do have two EPs, also, that came out before. Okay. First one's really good. Second one's pretty okay. But the mm. full album we got, it's called Of Adoration. Yeah. And it is my favorite instrumental album of all time. And it is, uh, it is their only full album. Yes. Um, and even, even on Spotify, uh, even on Spotify, they only have, yeah, the only other EPs they have are Divided by Tides and All Your Friends Are Dead, uh, which are three song EPs, but they're labeled singles on Spotify. What I also think is interesting is, uh under merch on spotify they have a link to a cd called harvest moon overdrive yeah i saw that i don't know what the hell that is but it looks uh very old and i can tell by the album artwork that it might have just been i don't want to say it looks less professional but it kind of it kind of looks like something that you would um I don't know. You you would see on like a high school like in a <laughs> in a um in a movie with a rebellious teenager, you would see that poster on their wall and it's just like it's got a skeleton with a cloak and they got a lantern and it's almost um Yeah, I don't know. Not not to trash on on Zeus at all, uh, or the person who created that art or if they commissioned someone to draw that. Um, but, uh, no, the Of Adoration 
cover art definitely looks a little bit more polished. Um, yeah. So anyway, how did you find these guys? Alex. <laughs> Shout out Alex. This man gives me fucking everything. Um, yeah. Well, he, he's the one that started the whole post-rock train. And basically, I got a bunch of it dumped on me. And I've heard a lot of it. And yeah, these guys, they weren't like a first love. Actually, the first band I liked in this genre was called Siam. They're also from here. Siam? Um, Siam. Yeah. Siam. They're a three-piece. Oh. And uh, yeah, they had an album called Yet Further, which came out a year before this one did, which was like the first post album that I liked. But then this one, this is the one that like fucking perfected it, I think. Almost. Mm. Almost perfected it. I've, I've listened to a couple of songs on this. Unfortunately, I did not give myself the time to listen to the whole thing, a.k.a. I forgot to do it. Uh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> but they are they are verified on Spotify. And you want to know what's... You want to know what's nuts? Their top song has 16,085 listens. Uh, and they have 102 monthly followers. Now, I don't know if they're still doing stuff. I don't know if they're still touring or planning on recording or whatever. Because this was released in 2017. Yeah, I mean, I saw them a couple years ago, but... Yeah, it's been kind of, they've kind of absent lately, and it yeah. really fucking upsets me, because I desperately yeah, want a new album. Um, even the Siam guys, they're just like super silent. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I almost wonder, I I hate to, to, I feel like I'm always bringing this up, like as far as music and movies go, but like, I don't know. It's been on my mind the past week, because I've I've had a couple of friends who own businesses, uh, you know, they have, they have been struggling with the after effects of COVID even this long after it started, you know, and, um, they've, they've attributed their issues to COVID. And I have to wonder like how many movie productions and how many albums and how many like artists were permanently affected by not being able to record or, tour or like you know release music in that like year and a half long you know year long gap and like and I'm sure a lot of bands had to meet with one another and they had to be like well it's not like we're going to be able to get together anytime soon uh this is this is where we're at you know these are the stakes like what do you say we just you know do our best to uh I refuse to believe it I refuse you refuse? I refuse to believe that they're done. Mm. I mean, maybe they're not done. Maybe they're just taking a maybe they're just taking a little nap. Maybe they're just taking a little hiatus. Because, yeah, the first five songs of this album are fucking perfect. Like, five out of fives. Holy sweet God. And, like, I don't, I don't know what it is about it. I guess it's just the, the way they write their riffs and transitions. Mm. Like, Magnolia, for instance. Like, one I just made you listen to. Like it's a great song. the ending of that song, when it goes like to the, uh, like the odd time signatures, like the do 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 do, like dude, they right. do that for a bit, and then they bring in like the leads on top of it, like in the second half of it, and the drummer is an absolute monster, mm. and the production, dude, the way this album fucking sounds, man, I think yeah. these are the guys 
whoever did it, I think we need to fucking hire them to <laughs> mix or uh, master our EP. Because fuck, dude. Sounds amazing. Let's but yeah, see. like the last three songs are kind of okay. Like, mm. there is uh, the sixth track, Sereness or something like that. I'd give that like a, maybe a, like a three and a half out of five. Yeah. But the other two songs are like two and a half out of fives. Like, they're okay. Um, sure. But they do each have one riff in it that I really do like. So, yeah. And that's, that's the part that matters. I think with like full albums, when you're listening to when you're listening to the whole thing, um, it very rarely will you find like a 10 out of 10 album, let alone a, a list, a whole list of like 10, 10 out of 10 albums. So especially with albums towards the bottom, I feel like there's more, it's more of a trend to, uh, to have like a couple of really fucking good songs. And then, the other songs are they're good they have like one good moment or whatever um i'm pretty sure if i remember correctly that one four out of five is their most played yeah it is the fucking sixty thousand one. one that's the one i give like a three and a half out of five interesting i don't even like that one that much but uh yeah Uh, i don't give a shit those first five songs are all i need it could be just just those five songs and it would still be my ninth favorite album of all time i don't give a damn that's how good they are that's right we are on nine um i forgot what i forgot what album we were on but yeah the um really quickly the the record label that signed and distributed this album they're called Prosthetic Records, and they're located in Los Angeles, California. Wow. And they were founded, established in 98, based out of L.A., but with international offices. So most likely, they Zayas probably started in Chicago and then were looking for the right match for a label, or maybe one of their friends found the label for them. But they work with a lot of heavier artists. And it definitely shows on this album at the from the songs that I've listened to. Sheepdog and oh, what's the other one? Echelon was the other one. Yeah, Sheepdog and Echelon are very they're very heavy. They lean into the heaviness of it. Whereas Magnolia, I feel like you said that's your favorite on the album, right? Yeah. It's pretty fucking good. It it almost sounds like if explosions in the sky were a little heavier. Um, because there are sections in there that straight up sound like sections from explosion songs. And, um, it's, it's a genre of, of guitar rock that I, that I really love. It's just the, the instrumental put on when you're doing whatever you're trying to sleep or you're, you're grinding in Dokkan or whatever. Um, Grandma, if you're listening, grinding uh, means repeating a level over and over again. And Dokkan, uh, it's an anime game. Don't they, you don't have to you don't have to worry too much about it. Goku, yeah, it's got Goku. <laughs> in it. um, so, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a heavy ass album with some bits of really intricate lead guitar stuff and some interesting rhythm stuff to it too. It's very very uh, post posty. Yeah. Everyone fucking listens to the album. God damn it. <laughs> or else. I'm going to make it my mission to make these guys like the biggest band ever. 
Yeah, bring him back. We're gonna we're gonna bring him back from the brink of hiatus. Mm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and I definitely we gotta have a listening party, dude. I think that's, I think that's the only way that we're gonna guarantee that each of us listens to and and watches the things, is to just do it when we hang out. Yeah. And once I'm done with Breath of the Wild, we won't be. Uh, I won't have anything else that I'm like. Oh, I could bring that over and play it. While you try to play Resident Evil 4 and it keeps crashing. Dude, it crashed on me fucking so many times already. <laughs> Pissing me off. Yeah. But, uh, no, we'll we'll listen to this album soon. Um, yeah, I just gotta come over, you come over, and we, we uh, crank it out. Um, the album, guys. Come on. Speaking of cranking it out. Crank. Cranky. Crank 4? Cranky. Cranky leads us into my number 14 favorite game of all time. And uh, honestly, I just played this like a couple days ago and I okay. bumped it down like one spot. I swapped it with the other one. Did you? I did. Okay. Because as much as I really like it, uh, I wouldn't want to play it like super often. Sure. And that game is Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo yeah cranky transition and you know it all connects because that scion band that i just told you about we went to see a show where a couple bands were like uh playing their songs and they also covered one song off a game while people were playing the game on a projector behind them and what they the played fuck? a Donkey Kong Country song, so that was fucking <laughs> sick. I think, I, I think there was Mega Man X there too, but uh, yeah, DKC. Dude, I don't. What kind of shows are you going to? Where they're they're just playing? Like, was know. it like people on stage playing the game, or was it just like footage from the game? No, like uh, they had a Super Nintendo like on a table, and like the audience would just like play it while the band like played songs. That's. That's wild. It was dude. fucking sick. Like the whole like thing took place in an arcade. Like it was just like one of the like mm. coolest concerts I ever went to. Um, yeah. But yeah, this game. Uh, I remember fucking I because I had it on the Game Boy. There was like a Game Boy Advance port, right? Which is where I played it and beat that hoe. And then I beat it again. I remember it like uh, I think it was at your mom's house. Uh, yeah, because we were. Um... I think you spent the night because I had bought. I did I find Super Castlevania Four on Super Nintendo or was that on the Switch? I have no idea. Because I remember, I I had planned, I had planned for us to play a bunch of Super Nintendo games, and we started playing Castlevania, Super Castlevania, and we couldn't get past a certain point. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'll just, I'll do something else in the meantime if you want to play another game. And I think you whipped out Donkey Kong Country and you beat it yeah. <laughs> that night. Um, yeah, yeah it's dude. Just it's, fucking, it's just really solid. It's a good-ass platformer. Probably, yeah. I think, my favorite of all time. And I, I've tried, yeah, I tried uh, a couple of the other ones. Like, I, I tried 2 and 3 and then, like, the newest Donkey Kong Country, like, Frozen Ape. Frozen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. None of them really match up to this first one i don't think mm. 
Cause remember just, the first time you played it? I don't remember, but I was a wee lad. Like I said, on wee the lad. Game Boy. And yeah, yeah dude, just and there's just so many iconic ass like places you go. Obviously there's the first world that's like in the jungle. And yeah. then you have like like the like the like the snowy like tree one. Then you got like the minecart levels, which are a pain in the fucking ass, but yeah. still super recognizable. And then the fucking the music. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Do we know I I don't remember what band the composer was in, but he also did um let me look this up before I start uh blowing smoke out of my ass can keep keep going keep going with uh but so, yeah yeah you know, fucking yeah. uh stop and go station those fucking scary ass like big dudes running around like crazy they always that the, freak uh, me the hell out um oh what's what's the name of the channel the uh everything ab- is it everything about or is it um the one that makes the flash animations and uh we watched the donkey kong country oh, one terminal and- montage yeah, Terminal Montage. Shout out Terminal Montage. You make some of the funniest shit yeah. <laughs> on YouTube. So working so on good. a fucking Pokemon Legends one, which should be fun. I saw that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a fucking platform. What do you want? What do you want? You get the power ups. You get like the the shark and the ostrich and the frog and the rhino and there's that whole bonus stage where you try to like get all the things and the music in there is really goddamn good too. <laughs> and then you get to the final boss, Cranky Kong, which honestly, Wait, Cranky Kong is the final or, boss. Or fucking not Cranky Kong, uh, K. Rule yeah. um, on the ship. And honestly, he wasn't that hard. I don't remember yeah. it like as a kid. Like I beat him pretty easily. But then, uh, yeah, that's why I played him again on the uh, like the Switch, and it's a lot harder than I remember. Yeah, I dude, that uh. The, what the song that um i forget what it's called but they they remixed it for smash uh smash ultimate when they brought k rule into the into the game and it sounds really fucking good um oh man dude i'm getting so i'm getting so distra- distracted k rule uh king k oh galleon galleons Galley, 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 galley. Oh, galley, galley, Gaxon free. Uh, Man, the game's good as hell. What can I say? Um, would you say that you? How? Where? Where? Where would platformer fall in your like favorite game genres? Because I know we talked movie genres, and we have gone over our like top fifteen games with each other, and we've we've detailed what genres they each fall into because i i was worried about my list not being very diverse just because i don't know i i i know i have a a specific preference but i like when there's a game outside of my preferred genre that that sticks out like it's good enough even though it's a type of game that i don't play super often where does platformer fall for you i feel like i want it to be higher because i do find them fun but a yeah. lot of them get really goddamn annoying. Like That's fucking fair. Jack and Daxter. Like, I really liked that game when it began. But mm-hmm. as it went on, I started to fucking hate it. <laughs> it just got really stupid. Mm. Uh, Spyro, like, that kind of shit. Obviously yeah, Mario, but, like, 
only the ones that I remember playing more. Everything else in the genre I find annoying. Mm. So, I, I the idea of them is very high in my head, but in practicality, I don't find them super amazing. Gotcha. But I do Midget. like this one. Yeah, this one's really good. Um, and I think I think it did a lot for platformers when it came out because obviously it used like what looks like 3d models right like it wasn't just like super mario 3 sprites or like even super mario world you know like it was flat sprites the the sprites in donkey kong country games they look they look 3d they look like uh they're 3d models and that's that's super cool and moving forward you know as we entered the like the nintendo 64 era and the playstation era and I feel like platformers got really popular in the 80s and endured through the 90s. And then when we got to online gaming, people didn't give a shit shit about platformers anymore. Like once we hit the 2000s and all of the classic platformers tried converting to 3D, like there was Donkey Kong 64, there was Mega Man 64, there was Super Mario 64, a lot of them on on Nintendo 64, but like Crash Bandicoot, uh, Spyro, Jack and Daxter... Um, whatever the uh, Ratchet and Clank, you know, like they all had their moment in the sun, and then Xbox came along and like in Master Halo, Chief, yeah, shooting. The, Every game is is shooting now. Otherwise, it's a fake ass game, right, dude? Even games like Horizon Zero Dawn and Breath of the Wild, like they have, they've incorporated aspects of other genres to try to appeal to that. You know, not that like a bow and arrow firing a bow and arrow is is super off course or off brand for Zelda, but it's like, you know, there's still an aiming reticle. Whereas I feel like in older Legend of Zelda games, that wasn't ever a thought. It was like you know, targeting, like, yeah, but like you have to like manually equip everything. Where this one is just like a hotkey, like yeah, jumping and shooting and shit. Yeah. So anyway, um, platformers are great, but only a select few are going to be good enough for us to want to talk about on this here podcast. So Donkey Kong Country, thanks for being one of the one of the select few. Thank you David Wise, who is the composer at Rare from 1985 to 2009. You uh you were he was the company's sole musician up until 1994. So he composed uh 1 2 a shit ton of games for rare including but not limited to uh almost the entire donkey kong country series including frozen ape uh which he co-composed with kenji yamamoto who is a super super notable video game uh composer who did the soundtracks for super metroid um metroid prime super smash Brothers brawl a bunch of uh nintendo games so you guys are the best. Uh, the only person better than you, I think, are our viewers and our dear watchers. So everyone uh, listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, going to our YouTube channel, subscribing, uh, watching our clips. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for doing that. It's um, we've almost reached episode thirty of the podcast here, and. Um, it's it's wild to think that we've been doing this for 
what feels like forever, but at the same time, it feels like we just started. We just started a podcast like yesterday. <laughs> um, so in the next coming months, you know, we're going to continue going through our our favorite things. Um, we got a bunch of fun movies and games and and artists and albums coming up to talk about. And, uh, you know, we hope that you enjoy those too, but thanks for, um, thanks for hanging out. Um, thanks for listening or watching. I totally forgot to mention that Vanessa has been here the whole time and, um, you didn't even fucking say hi to her. Not you, David, you're, you're okay. She's, she gets it. You're a busy guy, but everyone else, how dare you? It's my one and only child and I want her to have friends so if you could please find it in your heart to give her that and what's the line from the whale at the end oh, is that at remember. the end ah I didn't see the whale um but anyway uh love you Brandon Fraser love you Vanessa uh love you car pod listeners we'll come up with a nickname for you eventually um but uh David, is there anything passengers. else that you'd like to? <laughs> Our lovely passengers, passengers. yeah, <laughs> passenger princesses. Passenger, well, we'll we'll iron out the wrinkles. I like passengers though. Yeah, passengers. You know, yeah, we, we put out shirts that say "Certified Certified Cars Pod Passenger." You know, yeah. and it's got like the first car logo, and it's got like a seal of approval. Um. Seal of authenticity. I almost said authenticity. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to kiss every single one of you. What? All right, you fuckers. What you say? Go, uh, <laughs> go listen to Evaderation and uh, go watch John Wick 4. Kick ass. And uh, and you know what? Go go play Donkey Kong Country while, while you're at it. 